fantastic. So good to see, see you all here this morning. I've got a question to ask before we get started this morning. Who was that young lady song leading this morning? My goodness, she went to another level, another dimension. Seriously, I was sitting there thinking, is that Jody, isn't it? She started to sound like me. The Spirit of God coming upon everybody. And you know, you take the music this morning, take the choir, multiply it by a thousand, and you've got New Zealand and beyond 17. It is going to be so electric. It's, it will be amazing. I mean, I just, it's, I just can't wait for it to start. So um, during, uh, 2000, during uh, October, we're in an exciting New Zealand Beyond campaign. And our goal is to register about 1,100 more people to get us to 2,500. And then we'll be halfway towards our goal of getting there. <clears throat> and um, if you can help us with that, that would be fantastic. Now, most of you will have received these cards. You might have got one this morning or over the last few days. I hope you've filled it in. I've been filling. I've got one, two, three, four, five cards. I've got about 30 names on my cards here of people that I'm targeting uh, to get to New Zealand and beyond who have not yet registered. And something Jody didn't mention, uh, uh, Sam mentioned his cards. Jody was telling me yesterday how she's been approaching those on her card one by one and contacting them and, you know, encouraging them to come along and sign up for New Zealand and beyond or be a part of it. And, uh, you know, it's not hard to do, and I think we can all do that. And I think as you pray for the people on your card, you are going to be amazed that God will stir their hearts. God will touch it. Do you know why? Because, one, God wants them at New Zealand and beyond because God wants to reach this nation. And also, anyone you get along you will transform, their life will be transformed. It will be impacted by New Zealand Beyond. So you can do this with real courage and boldness and think, man, I'm doing these people an enormous favor. So we're going to pray right now for all the names on your cards, all right? So you know who the names are. If you've got your cards, put your hand on them right now. Father, we just bring every <clears throat> name listed on our cards. Lord, maybe 10,000 or however many there might be, many thousands. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would come upon each and every name that has been recorded. And Father, that you would stir up their hearts right now, Father, and something would awaken within their spirit, Lord, to sign up and register for New Zealand and beyond, Lord, where their lives will be transformed by your spirit and your power, and they will be a part of the team that changes this nation, bringing an epicenter of an awakening running across this nation and the nations of the world. Thank you, Lord. You've heard our prayer. And right now, you're stirring every name listed on these cards. And Lord, there's going to be a flood of registrations today and over the coming weeks in Jesus' name. And everyone said, thank you for that. Well, to help with our campaign, we've got three days of prayer and fasting, Tuesday to Thursday. We're going to pray for the, the uh, registration of New Zealand and beyond, but also pray for personal breakthrough. Can I just encourage you, um, you know, if you pray and fast, you're not doing it for me, uh, it's for God, but I'll tell you this much, prayer and fasting will change your life. And I just encourage you, if you never got into this, or if you have got it, put some time aside. This church is built on prayer and fasting. Most of what you see happening in my life in this church is because of prayer and fasting. If you can get that, 
one discipline in your life? I'm telling you, wow. You, you can spend the next 20 years and make so much progress, but you had prayer and fasting, it will just move you forward at a much faster rate in the things of God. So think about doing that. And, um, you know, as a part of New Zealand and beyond, we've got Church Unlimited, Rotorua is well underway. We're still wanting people to support that every Sunday. And there's a good number have gone down this weekend. Over 20 are down there from Church Unlimited. It's fantastic. But we've got two more sign-up sheets here, October the 30th and November the 6th. If you've not been yet, please. It's just a small thing that you can do on a Saturday, Sunday morning. You can leave here about 7 o'clock, depending on what speed you go at. You could leave 7.30. Maybe leave 8 o'clock and you still probably get there in time for the, you know, half an hour late, which some of you come anyway, so. <laughs> that was not kind, was it? And there's two sign-up sheets, so the point is sign up. Hey, right now we've got a team in Tuvalu with a nation-shaking anointing. <clears throat> your team, your church is out there taking a nation for Jesus. I hope that you're excited about that because we are going to take, with God's help, Tuvalu for Jesus, our first nation, then let's go after New Zealand and wherever else God might lead us. Hey, tonight we've got a, a fantastic uh, service in store for you. It's a focus, the whole focus, and Adrian has put it together and I've, we've, we've talked about it as well. And the whole focus is to position yourself to have a, a moment, an encounter with God. How many of you would love a fresh encounter, a fresh moment with God? Well, this, this tonight is designed especially to that you know, God's heart for you, every person in this room, listen carefully, his heart for you is that you have regular moments with God. Because that what keeps God, that's what keeps God real. That's what keeps you excited about church and Christianity and serving God. Without those moments, it just all becomes really religious. And you know you're getting religious when getting to church is hard work. Then you, you know you've, you've swung into religion. It's, you know, when getting to church is exciting, you know you're having those moments. It just keeps you alive in the spirit. And also, it, 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 uh, it changes your life. And so the key for moments is to go after it. And you go after it by positioning yourself to meet with God. And tonight we'll do that for you. You'll, we'll position you so you can have a moment and encounter with God. Tonight you're going to hear some incredible testimonies. I mean, they're really good. Of people facing a challenge or a crisis, and then how they had a moment with God that changed them, that transformed their situation and, and helped them and moved them forward and, and uh, gave them strength and gave them courage and all those other things. So they will really inspire you, but they will also position you for your own crisis, uh, sorry, your own moment to handle your crisis, all right? Yeah, look, there will be some crisis coming. You can be sure of that. If you have a moment tonight, you'll be ready for it. Fathers, we come to your word this morning. Holy Spirit, we're just asking that you will speak to us, that you will take the words that I share, Father, and write them upon our hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray that what I share will make a difference in people's lives. Father, it won't just be another good message or thoughts or ideas, but well, something in it would capture every individual and would move them forward and would change their lives. Lord, by your Spirit, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark 1.11, a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we see here the Father honoring 
the son. We could stop right there, couldn't we, folks? The importance of fathers, mothers honouring their children, not just in their heart, but vocally. Not just one-on-one so one person hears it, but so others hear it as well. This was public, friends. This was for the world to know about the father honouring his son. And as a result of that, the son, or one of the results was he walked under an open heaven. I guarantee if the father had not honored the son, Jesus would not have been the person he was in terms of his ministry upon the earth. So this honoring of people, you know, I was thinking about it as putting this message together of why, you know, you see people homeless on the streets, you see people in prisons, you see uh, drug addicts, you you see all that kind of stuff. How did they get there? Why are they like that? Well, I don't know, and I'm not making any excuses for people's behavior, but I want to suggest I guarantee they were not honored in their upbringing as they, may, they should have been or could have been. Because when we're not honored, we don't value ourselves. When we don't value ourselves, we do things we shouldn't do. We make a mess of our lives. We, we uh, abuse ourselves because we don't value who we are. So we get into alcohol and, and drugs and, and, and sex and you know, all, all that rubbish that's out there. But the reason is, you know, we end up selling ourselves short. Why? Because we don't honor ourselves. Why don't we honor ourselves? Maybe sometimes because we have never been honored to the level we should have been honored. Revelation 5.13 gives us the culture of heaven. Blessing and honor, glory and power to him who sits on the phone. And so blessing and honor comes before the glory and the power. So as you bless and honor God and others you will experience more of God's glory and power in your life, and also people will experience more of it in their lives. When you honor people, you open heaven over their lives to a measure. When you bless people, you open heaven over your own life as well to a measure. It's sort of sowing and reaping. You sow honor, you get honor. You, you, You sow respect, you get respect. You sow blessing, you get blessed. Sowing and reaping. So let's get into blessing people as much as we can because it's also going to release people into their potential and their greater achievement. And why this message is so important is that we live in a society today of great dishonor and of tremendous disrespect that's almost gone out the window. And uh, this is not just the next generation. This is the whole, all of us, we're in this, we're caught. You just watch the news, you watch the papers, you watch the, the, the presidential election in the United States. What is that? Dishonor, dishonor, dishonor. No respect, disrespect. That's, that's the whole thing. And these are the, among the greatest leaders, so, supposedly, of, the, of our world today. And when you see that, friends, you can't look at that and think it doesn't affect you. No, it validates dishonor. It validates disrespect. We all look at it and think that's terrible, but the next thing we go out and do something similar because there's a climate around us. There's an atmosphere of dishonor, an atmosphere of disrespect. But all that does is it shuts people's lives down. It, it, it shuts people down from reaching their potential because uh, that's what dishonor does. That's what disrespect does. And so we're having another look at this message. I hope you don't mind, but come with me to Matthew 13 because I think it's the most powerful illustration of what a lack of honor will do. And it actually happened to the Son of God himself, to Jesus, in Matthew 13, 53. We read these words. Now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished his parables, he departed from there. When he came to his own country, okay, among his own people, he taught them in their synagogue. So they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom? And these mighty words, is this not the carpenter's son? Is it not his mother Mary? 
and his brother James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So you see here that the people failed to honor Jesus for who he was. And what it did is it closed heaven over that meeting. Even Jesus, with lack of honor, could not call down heaven's power. It affected him. And friends, it was his family, friends, and neighbors who dishonored him. Dishonored who Jesus was. And you know, we here in the church, we are family, friends, we're neighbors. As we grow in honoring each other, it's going to open the heavens over our church, over our lives. It's going to release God's power and miracles are going to flow in a greater measure than ever before. Acts chapter 16 is another example, I think, of honor, but you probably never thought of it in this, in this way. It's Paul and Silas in prison. You don't know the story. Acts 16 verse 25. It says, at midnight they're in prison singing hymns. Suddenly there's a great earthquake. The foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were open, everyone's chains were loose. And the keeper of prison, awaking from his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, he drew his sword, was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, hey, do yourself no harm. There's honor right there, folks. For we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas, and said, what must we be, do to be saved? And we know him and his family all get saved. Think about this. I want to suggest it wasn't so much the earthquake that brought the Philippian jailer to Christ. But through fear of losing his prisoners, he was going to commit suicide because you lose your prisoners, you're dead meat. I want to suggest it was Paul's love, his honoring of this prison guard that brought him and his family to, this, to his salvation. You see, this guard may have been the one who flogged Paul with 39 stripes. May have been the one who put him in stocks. Paul had every reason to dishonor this man, disrespect, at least be annoyed with him, angry with him, or at least let him be killed. He's just been whipped 39 times. But no, no, not Paul. Paul honors the man. And he says, no, no, hold it. It's going to be okay. He saves his life through honor, through someone he could easily have said, let him go to the dogs. He honors the prison guard. And the result of that, he gets saved. He and his family. When we honor people, when we honor the anyone, quite frankly, but you know, when we honor those that are being dishonored or those that, that are, you know, on the lower edge of life sometimes, when we honor them, it's going to be the doorway to salvation. And so I think feeding the homeless, visiting the prisoners, caring for the needy, the broken, the bruised. Not only them, include everybody in my list. Honor opens heaven. The greatest open heaven is salvation. Doesn't get greater than that. I wonder why that's maybe a reason why the Bible is so much so strong on good works and good deeds. Because they're just honoring people, loving people, caring for them. It opens heaven. They feel honored. Some of these people have never been honored in their whole lives. I love this quote that I found. Honor is simply the morality of superior men. Let's be superior men and women. Superior people honor. Inferior people dishonor. 
Superior people respect. Inferior people disrespect. Hey, I'm challenging myself, so don't think I'm getting at you, all right? When you want to be honored by others, learn to honor them first. You see, the world and also church circles, we mostly honor upwards, those with position and success. I have always struggled with that truth. There's a big thing out there like honor many years ago over the last years, and I've sometimes stood up and said, hey, look, I don't really buy into that. I mean, I believe in honor with all my heart, but I don't believe honor that just goes upwards. Because you, when you keep honoring upwards, you're actually dishonoring downwards automatically. And so God honors everybody, up and down. In God's eyes, we are all equal. And he honors you as much as the greatest Christian, if there is such a thing on the planet, because God is a God of honor. Because it's not based on what they do, but on who they are. You are made in the image of God, as is the greatest Christian you know. So God honors you just as much as anyone else on the planet. And one of our biggest struggles with honor is that we struggle to value and honor ourselves. And then we struggle to value and honor others. Derek Prince, after 50 years of helping people, he's a great preacher and a great counselor too, with problems, he came to this conclusion that the basic problem is that we don't realize how valuable we are. That's a basic human problem. So to honor ourselves and to honor others, we have to realize how valuable everyone is. So I want to look at that today. Because what we value, we look after. You get a new car, new house for a while, you really look after that new car, don't you? You wash it, you polish it, you may even vacuum it. And it's going all the way, isn't it? You know, you, you're not going to, you know, when you're turning your car around, if, if you're possibly going to hit the curb, you, you stop, you back up and you do it properly. Once the car's been gone for a few years, you just go straight over the curb. Who cares? You know what I'm talking about. You, 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 you value, what you value, you look after. And friends, it's exactly the same with people. If we value them, we look after them. We don't hurt them. We don't damage them. We're careful how we treat them. You know, we tend to be very protective of our family and our children because we value them highly, or at least we should value them highly. So, you know, we can criticize our kids, say something negative about them, but woe betide anyone else says something about one of my grandchildren. Don't try it, folks. I'm telling you now, don't go there, all right? Because all my wife, all my son-in-law, all my daughter, all right, just don't go there. Why? Because I value them so much. Even if you're right, I don't care. <laughs> I'll protect what I value, and so will you. But when we don't value ourselves, we don't tend to look after ourselves. And we sell ourselves cheap. Man went to his counselor when he was 12. Man who went to a counselor said that when he was 12, father gave him a Christmas present, which wasn't the train he expected, but it was a brick. And his father said, looming over him, he said, that's all you're worth. You've hardly done a thing I asked you over this last year. Perhaps this will teach you how to behave. The boy decided from that moment he would never get close to or trust anyone again. He felt worthless and of no value. And that's the result of not being valued, of not being honored. Parents, tell your kids how much you value them. I don't care if they're the worst brats in the church or the city or the nation. 
You've got to honor them. You've got to value them. Because if you don't, you're shutting down heaven over their life. They will never rise to the potential God has put in their lives. Please, honor. Hey, if you can't honor everyone else, at least do it for your own flesh and blood. So important. Matthew 6, verse, Matthew, sorry, Mark 8, 36 to 37 said, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his, for his soul? So here's a question I've got for you. How valuable do you think you are to God? How valuable? How valuable is a person sitting beside you, in front of you, or behind you? In fact, how valuable am I? How valuable is your neighbor, the man in the street? Jesus was saying this. If a man gives his soul, sells himself, and gets all the wealth in the world, every Porsche, private jet, every yacht, every gold mine, all the money in the world, he sells himself for that, he's made a bad deal. The gross world product I looked up on the internet is approximately $74 trillion. Jesus says if a man gives himself in exchange or sells himself for $74 trillion, he's made a bad deal because he's worth a whole lot more than that. So I want you right now to tell the person next to you, you are worth more than $74 trillion. Who's feeling better already? Hey, who's feeling good? So whatever you do, young people, older people, don't sell yourself cheap. Don't sell yourself short to anyone for any reason or anything. You are worth more than $74 trillion. You're worth more than all the wealth on this world. You are of incredible value. You are of amazing value. Next time you see someone in the street, a shop counter, a homeless person on the street, wherever they might be, or the beggar, or someone at work, I want you to think how valuable are they? They're worth more than your house. They're worth more than all the houses in your street. They're worth more than all the wealth in that world. That person you've looked down on, that I've looked down on and despised, and thought what a, what a useless wreck of a life, what a waste of space on the planet, Friends, is worth more than $74 trillion. It doesn't matter whether they're saved or unsaved. They are still made in the image of God. God will never give up on them. God will never let them go. God looks at them the way he looks at you and me, with incredible love and compassion, and he says, you are of incredible worth. May that help me and help us. So what is the true value of a human being? What is your true value? Okay, we know it's more than $74 trillion. How do you go beyond that? The answer is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, that's you, that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Your value equals the value of Jesus. What is Jesus worth? You can't put dollar price on Jesus. $74 trillion is petty cash when you're talking about the son of God. Your value is equal to the value of the son of God because you... You never pay more than something is worth. You're not going to pay $10,000 for a car worth $2,000. You're not going to sacrifice the Son of God for someone who is not worth it. And if you were the only person on the planet, Jesus would still have come and given His life for you. You are of incredible value. Don't let anyone ever devalue you. 
or don't receive it from them. Allow yourself to understand. Don't care what people think. Worry about what God thinks. He thinks you're amazing and awesome, even if no one else does. Matthew 13, 45 to 46. The king of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Jesus is a merchant. The pearl he purchased is just one human soul, yours or mine. It cost him everything he owned. Let's put this in contemporary language. Just imagine this, the scene. The merchant tells his wife, honey, I sold the car. Well, why did you do that? Well, at least we have a roof over our heads. He said, no, no, I sold the house as well. What? We still do have some money in the bank, don't we? No, it's all gone. Recovering, the wife says, you better have a good explanation for this. He says, I found the most beautiful pearl I've ever seen. I've been looking for it all my life. It cost me everything. Wait till you see it. You are that priceless pearl. Cost Jesus everything. Everything. Everything to buy you back. Why? Because you're so valuable. That's your worth. Maybe you've never seen yourself as of any value or great value. You have a poor self-image. Maybe you look back on a life of pain and disappointment, rejection, unhappy childhood, marriage that didn't work, career that never happened, years wasted in sin, your past and future all convey the same message, failure of no real worth. But friend, I'm here to tell you today, I think on behalf of God, it's just not true. Despite all your history, Jesus valued and honored you so much, he gave up everything to buy you back to himself. You are the pearl of great price. As we realize how valuable every person is, we'll more easily honor everyone. Why don't you just tell the person next to you, I am so valuable. Go on, go on, do it. Do it loud, loud, loud. You've probably never said it in your whole life. I am so valuable. You know, Mother Teresa was a champion at honoring. And here's a quote of hers. Spread love everywhere you go. Let no, no one ever come to you without leaving happier. Wow. Oof. She saw those she ministered to on the streets as Jesus in the most distressing disguise. People asked her why she loved and honored the poor so much. She liked to grasp their hand and wiggle their fingers one at a time and say, you did it unto me. In her mind, you could count the whole gospel on five fingers. She was alluding to Matthew to Matthew 25, when Jesus said, I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. A stranger, you welcomed me. Whatever you did for one of the least of these of mine, you did for me. I've got here with me a pretty much brand new $50 note. And I know some of you would like it, but you're not going to get it. <laughs> I would give it to you, but you're worth far more than that. <laughs> but if I take this uh, $50 note and I start to yell at it and abuse it and just say, man, you are so useless. Why couldn't you be a $100 note? 
You know, in fact, you're quite dirty, dirty worthless. You know, I can swear at it. I'm not going to do that, all right? I could swear, I could screw it up, right, like this, right? But throw it like trash, jump on it. Get you useless piece of paper. Man, so bad. Hate you. Ugly. Useless. Of no value. Now here's the question. Here's the question. What's it worth? Nothing's changed. You see, the point is this. What you and I have in common with the $50 note is intrinsic value, which means this, the value is in us. It's in us. Whatever happens to us, it's always in us. It will never change. Maybe you've been yelled at, abused, bullied, walked over, rejected. Does that make you of any less value? No. No, no. A thousand times no. You are of the same value as the moment you were born. You are of the same value as the greatest person on the planet. What happens to you does not change what you are on the inside. Made in the image of God, worth more than all the wealth in the world, equal to the value of the Son of God. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. It does not change your value. No matter how badly you've been abused and messed up, it doesn't change your value. Let that fall like a seed in your spirit and let it grow until you realize the fullness of your value. You find a pearl and it's covered in dirt and grime and damage. Do you throw it away? No. Why? Because it's still worth the same. A lot of money. Friends, it's important that we value every single person and treat them with the greatest respect. As we honor people, it's going to help them reach their potential in God. James 2, verse 2 to 4. Let's bring this plane into land. In fact, we've got Mike Pilavachi coming to speak next year, by the way, just to uh, give us a Sunday, so it'll be pretty good. January, make sure you're not away in January. All right. <laughs> Cancel your holidays. James 2, 2 to 4. Thank you for that great response. <laughs> if, <laughs> if there should come into your assembly a man or a woman with gold rings and fine apparel, there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes. Hmm? You with me? And you say, you sit here in this good place. Say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? The incredible wonder of God that never ceases to amaze me is he treats everyone the same. He values us all equally from the least to the greatest. The rich or poor, Black or white, from the superior Indian race, makes no difference. <laughs> educated or uneducated, 
You know why I can joke about Indians being superior? Tell you why, because I know in my heart I see every race as equal. If I really thought something like that, I would never say it. We're all equal. We're all the same. Whether we're from the United States or whether we're from Tuvalu makes no difference to the God we serve. Isn't he amazing? He is an amazing God. Whether you're educated or uneducated, whether you're attractive or unattractive, whether you're a professional or a laborer, whether you drive a Porsche or a, you can choose, <laughs> Holden, <laughs> Mini Minor, a 1930 Ford, makes no difference. You are of infinite value and of worth. Pretty hard to put your head around, isn't it? You know, really is. But I just pray that what we've shared today will be a truth that will grow in my heart, your heart, just a seed, just a seed we're sowing. You know, we're not going to change overnight. We know that. But it's a seed that can grow in our heart. Everyone you meet, every person you meet is of unbelievable value. You know that will change every encounter you ever have with another person? Every person you ever meet. If, if this lodges in your heart, it will change your reaction. Every single one of them. Because you now know that they're worth more than all the wealth in the world. They're worth more than $74 trillion. So let's honor one another. You know the best place to start? In your home. Start in your home. Start with your own family. Start with your husband, your wife, your kids. Honor them, love them, appreciate them, value them. Then let's move on from there and let's honor people at school, university, at work, small groups, and church. Wherever we go, because as we do, it will open the heavens over their lives, but also over our lives. This is not just a favor you do to others. This is a favor you do to yourself. Remember, blessing and honor, then comes glory and power in your life and in my life. As we do this, and the musicians join me, we will see miracles, answers to prayer, healings, breakthrough, and people rising to their amazing potential. God will leave you and me astounded in Jesus' name. Amen. I think it would be good to sing that song, Our Father, because it's a...